Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 497, with Marsha Lucius. Slow down to speed up. The more you can get in the habit of just slowing down, figure out what you want. It's strategy, right? Like, that's my, that's my tagline is that I'm a restaurant strategist. Slow down, figure out what you need to do, and then you can get there. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. There is no time to waste in the restaurant business, especially when an opportunity comes up and you need extra capital. Cabbage created a simple, flexible way to get a line of credit of up to $150,000, apply online, and get a decision right away. Withdraw funds when you need them without reapplying. Cabbage has helped over 100,000 small businesses. Get started at cabbage.com slash unstoppable you can get a $50 gift card when you qualify that's cabbage with a k line of credit is subject to credit approval c terms and conditions all cabbage business loans are issued by celtic bank a utah chartered industrial bank member fdic what's sorcery sorcery is ap automation digital invoicing and time and money saved that's Sorcery. Sorcery allows you to streamline and digitize your entire accounts payable operation. Digital invoicing backed with human verification will save you countless hours of work and increase AP accuracy. Say goodbye to your file cabinets and enter the digital world. Go to getsorcery.com. That's G-E-T-S-O-U-R-C-E-R-Y.com or call 1-866-830-0691. And if you mention Restaurant Unstoppable, you will receive 10% off your first three months with no setup fees. All right. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Martha Lucius. Martha, my girl. Hey. Are you feeling <laughs> unstoppable feeling good. today? Feeling good. <laughs> yes. Glad I'm getting to meet you in person. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad too. Yeah. So hailing from Baltimore, Maryland, Martha Lucius got her start in Washington, D.C. as a server after graduating college. Nine years later, she opened a bakery and cafe. That bakery went strong for 18 years before Lucius decided to create her own business, MarthaLucius.com, where she mentors restaurant owners through online programs, strategy calls, and on-site consulting. So obviously we're just scraping the surface here. I can't wait to dive deep into who you are, yeah. what you're all about, but let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got? Um, I think that some people dream it, other people do it. Mm, what's and, the difference? <laughs> and that's, it's a lot of people come up with great ideas and they don't know how to put them together and take it to reality. And sometimes they do it half-ass. And with so many people jumping into the restaurant industry these days, they don't, um, most people don't have the tools, um, business experience, but uh, some of these people that are jumping in now don't have actually any restaurant experience. So to be able to carry out an idea with fine detail is what, I really like helping people on. Yeah. Uh, and it's so funny. I, I'm actually sitting here uh, at Avenga. Yes. Uh, a great company. A very um, cool company. Who, who's I'm letting us out. use this space so we can connect and yes. record this episode. And uh, they thank just you, interviewed me and they asked me the same, like, what's my success core? The thing I say, and I say, there ain't nothing to it. 
but to do it. Yes. So yeah, you, and I you, are you just, just got to like. start. You just got to start. You just got to do it. Uh, and it really, once you start, um, you, then you just kind of put stuff out there. You wait, you kind of assess the situation. You fall on your ass a couple of times and oh, you yeah. do it better the next time. And it's just that constant nothing. Yeah. But I had, I had 18 years of uh, ups and downs. Yeah. I, had, I had one manager for um, nine years and the second manager for the next nine years. I definitely think the second guy got a much better deal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Things are going to figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> and he was also, he was outstanding at just being able to help us help the company move forward and, and doing it with a team was what I always wanted. I never really wanted to be the, the leader. I wanted to do it as a community, as a group, as yes. a team. Nice. And um, I God help me. They were an amazing group of people. I'm still in touch with them. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll get into that, yeah. I'm sure, as we get yeah. going. But let's bring it back to where it all started for you. So uh, you graduated from college and you found yourself working as a server. What was mm -hmm. it like? <laughs> uh, didn't love the job I got when I got yeah. out of college, but okay. I really liked restaurant work and just, you know, riding my bike to and from and taking care of so service. So what didn't you like? I'm curious. What didn't I like yeah. about restaurants? Yeah, at that time. Oh, yeah. Was it the, the, the job? that you didn't like or the industry you didn't like? The industry at that time really? had some real, you know, we could talk me too. There's, there's some pretty <laughs> ugly moments. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We won't have to go there. Yeah, no, we won't. We won't. But so, you can, know what I mean. Yeah. What yeah. did you like then? I did love the people, the community that I had um, at that restaurant. The people that, uh, that were the restaurant owners were these two Austrian guys that were hilarious. Mm -hmm. And um, the team of people, you know, one girl is super, super strict about how, you know, she got her tables turned over in an hour and other people are like, no, it doesn't matter. You're here to have a great time. <laughs> so, uh, it was, it was good. It was a great learning curve, um, to, to, you know, that a whole, you're a better person if you've, if you've served people. Yeah. So you said nine years went by before getting your first restaurant job and mm -hmm. opening your own place. So any key moments in, in this time that kind of made you eventually love the industry enough so that you it, wanted to open your own business? Yeah. Um, I think really what it was is that I always just loved food. Mm. It really came down to that and the community that circles around it. And, you know, did what I want to be in a community that circles around it? Get specific what you mean by that. Uh, whether it's the people that come in and they come in daily, you know, which I loved about my cafe mm. is, you know, you, you build these very short, 20 second to two minute conversations that that tied together yeah i'm still in touch with those people mm. um and it, it just just the connection that you have with people that that you would not have it's work right you're building you're building community because you're at work it's gonna it's gonna be over half of your life you but it might as well have a good time yeah, while you're doing it absolutely. right so um that was really important to me um for myself but also to infuse that into the company culture um, of my staff and they loved it too i mean i i didn't have that turnover problem you know in the industry the turnover was always a problem yeah and i felt like it was i didn't know what they were talking about because <laughs> i didn't have that problem my people stayed uh, you know like i said nine years with one manager and yeah. i had one woman who was like she started at 58 and worked till she was 67 oh, wow. yeah um, she loved it. She could, we, we actually were like, you gotta go. You gotta go. I, I, I want to get into the, like how you develop this culture, but first I want to find out, were there any 
key mentors, key people who helped transform you in the early days into yes. somebody who had no experience to somebody who you were like, I want to be more like this person. Like, what were those values? Who was this person? And like, what did they teach you how to be? Yeah. So I, um, you know, was a server. So I knew nothing about being a restaurant owner and being a manager of people. Um, and the guy that was considered the grandfather of the Chesapeake Bagel Bakery, which was the chain that I worked for originally okay. or worked under originally, was this guy Wayne Jordan, who you know my I still my hats off to him. He was amazing. He was like, yeah, you you're supposed to get trained by Chesapeake Bagel Bakery, but come into my place and get a real experience. And uh, it was a rude awakening. He did not hold. He just had, he threw me to the wolves. Had me work with the manager, his managers, and you know, go in the back and get two boards of cinnamon raisin. I was like, okay. I don't even know where the back is. I don't know what the walk-in <laughs> looks like. I'm like standing there, and he comes flying by me and picks up two boards of raisins. He's like, no, you're not fast enough, you no. know. <laughs> um, so that was a it was a real shock to be in that setting originally, yeah. but it was exactly what I needed, and you know. He was the guy who was like, yeah, you're going to be there at four in the morning. You're going to be there at six at night. But if you're good at what you do, you're going to love it. Yeah. And that's what I needed to hear. Like, Were you good at what you did? I loved it. Yes, I think <laughs> I was good at it. I want to say. So I mean, like, give me uh, the reason why I ask is because um, how did you know you're good at it? Was there a moment where you, you feel that you, you realize that you're good at it? I think that is a really good question because I think we all question ourselves. Yeah. Um, I think. I felt I was good at it just because the the staff around me were there with me. Mm. You know, I didn't feel alone. And I think if I had ostracized them, then I would have known I was a complete ass. Okay. Am I allowed to curse? Yeah. Okay. Good, 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 good. I don't want there to be any filter. <laughs> I meant to ask you that beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Um, so really dive into the, the characteristics of this man. Uh, you said uh, he kind of just threw you right in there and he kind of uh, got you going, but like what were the, the other characteristics of values reflecting at who he was and what made him successful? Yeah. What can you dissect? Yes, that? absolutely. He um, made me understand the importance of the broad, um, the breadth of my job that it wasn't just taking care of my staff. It was making sure that my bills were paid. It was making sure that the lights were on, that day-to-day, um, -day that I wasn't walking away from this, that I, you know, now I've got a manager, they can do it. Um, be there, be there, be present. Um, he was very good at that himself. He had uh, seven operations at one time. Go deeper into that. Yeah, you have to, you know, pay your bills. Obviously, there's, you got to be a responsible business over business owner, but what do you mean by uh, how he taught you to be there and be present? What, what do you mean by that? So he didn't do it by telling me. This was a very much on the job, two weeks of uh, Wayne Jordan school of, and I mean, if we sat down three times during that two weeks to hash out, you know, how you make tuna salad, uh, no, I needed to be making tuna salad with the staff to know. And, um, he did get into the numbers with me of explaining how to make sure that you're making progress mm -hmm. and that you're, you know, that you, that you are thinking about your profit and that somebody doesn't, some staff member doesn't come along and like make, you know, a lovely uh, frosting for a cake that takes two hours. Well, that's not going to do any good. It's lovely. Sure. But you can't sell it for what but you need to. The price to. of labor is the price of labor. Right. The of the exactly. Day. And you know, it, it nurture people but it, you know you also have to keep it keep that stuff in mind keep so you, you mentioned something that's really important he taught you how to uh track the numbers mm -hmm. so 
get into why it's like because you need the numbers track the numbers to track progress is the word that you use so what do you yeah. mean by that why is that so important well and and that's what's fascinating about this era is you can actually use technology for this i used to literally sit there with a, a chart a, a piece of graph paper and mark down you know this month was this this month was that um and to see trends oh may Twice as good as February. Not hmm, shocking. What did we do in May? It was different. Well, and and I mean, we knew we had um, no seating in our operation. It was just a to-go operation. So you had to be good in May because February is going to be real quiet. Yeah. You know, um, but those were the things that, you know, it's like given your location, you may have different things. And, and he did amazing things in February. I couldn't get people to buy a heart-shaped bagel to save my life in Baltimore. <laughs> They're like, yeah, whatever. Um, you know, very, very cool thing to do, but not yeah. sales-wise. Um, yeah, he, he was good at sharing his information in terms of what he knew and leaving the door open for what my version would become. And he tracked me, you know, he would, and did that, Wait, did that let's answer go, the, no, the it, progress? No, it does, but I want to go deeper in that last bit you just shared with us, that he was good at sharing his information uh, and then leaving it open to do what you do. Right. What do you mean he, by that? Okay, so I, I can't predict, and this is, you know, happens with my clients, I can't predict what is going to happen with their numbers in their business a year from now. I can only create scenarios where they make better decisions about the um, choices that they have in front of them. Um, they have a track record of doing it a certain way. Now, with my help, they think slightly differently, and hopefully they're, pro they're progressing to different decision-making. As we know, people don't change usually. So how do you, how do you help them help themselves? Because as a, as, a, as a coach, as a consultant, I don't want to be there with you forever. I want to help you help yourself. Mm. And if, and that, I think I got that from Wayne. I think that's where that all began. And it's just been latently hanging out there yeah. as, as I was working through my business and actually talking to you is making me realize. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. That's yeah. not the first time I hear, like when I talk to people, they're like, they, I make them talk through it. They're like, Oh, I never thought of it. Yeah. They have like these uh, aha, aha moments. moments it's right. funny. Um, but one thing I, I want to dive into deeper there, um, is this idea of, you know, you got to help them help themselves. And I think that at the core of it is what managers and owners are. Yes. Their job is to exist, to serve these people. You are there to like, they don't work for you. You work for them. Yes. You know, and you help them. You literally transform them. I think we've lost that transformative or that transformative uh, sense of like relationship. Like I'm here to mentor you to make you a better person. Yeah. And it's so transactional. Do you agree that's kind of oh, the yeah. And, and actually that's partly why I like your podcast so much is because you. you bring that out a lot um, over and over again in a, in Sorry, like broken record. I realize it's even <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Eric's so awesome. Don't you know? Um, but it, it is like a, a process where people, um, Ask your question again, because I'm I was so off on your tangent. No, just the idea that um, we we have to help people help themselves. Yes, like we don't. It's not enough just to tell them what to do to give them the job. Job, yes. And then be like you figure that out. That's all I need from you. That'll do. Yeah. You know, it's like what's next. No, and and I think that's why I liked being. It's it's all so reflective, right? The way you treat your customers, it's servant leadership, right? It's mm -hmm. all the Zingerman stuff. It's yeah. Servant leadership that I didn't know that that was the name for it when I was doing it, yeah. but it turns out there was a name for it. And 
I my goal, Baltimore City has some real tough employment things. It's not like Seattle where you go in and you pay somebody a good dollar figure and you get amazing work out of these. I mean, I was teaching somebody day after day how how many ounces was in a pound, like that kind of stuff. So in addition, I also had a higher level of teaching them um, job skills that they could take with them to do better in life. And my sign of you know, how well I did as a boss, how well I did as a business owner was having them come back and be like, damn, I am so glad you taught me that stuff. And you made me show up every day. And you, you made me show up at four in the morning, like, God dang it, it was no fun at the time. But it it brought me a discipline that has really helped me in my life. And, you know, I, I run across, I ran across somebody yesterday that I hadn't seen in a while. I personally love waking up early. I don't know if I'm weird like that, but like if I'm in bed by nine and up by like five o'clock every day or eight to four, like I'm okay with it. You know, it's, <laughs> it's gotten to the point now where I, I wake up at like five and because I had so many years of waking up at four, I kind of like give myself a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> But I keep waiting for the day when I just like, no, 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 get up at five, get up at four. Cause I do, I'm incredibly productive at that time. It's amazing. Cause you, you don't, you have no reason to yeah. do anything but be productive. It's not like, Ooh, is it breakfast time? <laughs> <laughs> so eventually you wanted to open your own place. Yeah. Uh, why? I, uh, partly I was married to this guy who was building the insides of Chesapeake Bagel Bakery. So that was some of it. He was like, you've been in restaurant work. You could do this. I was like, yeah. Um, but in fact, it totally floated my boat. Like I knew I was going to have fun doing it. Yeah. And um, my thing was I didn't want to be like, if you put me in a suburban location, I was going to die. Um, I had to be in a super vibrant urban community because that's what I grew up in. I grew up in Africa and Asia where, you know, street food was the thing and yeah. hubbub and all that. So I that that would have been the only thing that would have made. And I think, you know, that's also when a business owner is looking at where they're setting down, is it their comfort zone? And if it is, like this one guy that I'm working with right now, he's working in this totally urban setting for his uh, catering company. If he was out in suburbia where he had all the space in the world for his kitchen, he wouldn't be the same guy, you know? And that's what's cool is like people finally are getting into that groove and not being like, I don't have the spiffiest, you know, equipment at the top of the line. I'm, but I'm good at what I do. And I, you know, I love being part of that. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it's really about being good at what you do and your ability to attract, attract onto yourself. People. Yes. Yes. Um, you can even be good at what you do and not be able to attract on, and at the, you know, I think that that people variable is way more. Yes. Important. And that's probably the biggest. And I hear that from your podcast and from the, the people that I serve, the restaurant owners that I know that they struggle a lot with hiring. Um, and part of it, I know what they're not doing. And I also really hate watching onboarding the way it, so many restaurant yeah. owners. Oh my God. I think we can get into that maybe yeah. a little bit later. Yeah. 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 So after nine years, so when, how long is it? It was nine years working under the, this franchise, right? Right. Um, so how long into that process when you had the idea, like I could do this? Yeah. Um, probably year one when I was giving them, um, my profits. Okay. <laughs> and so you know, is I mean, that it, when you were dating this guy that was doing the build outs and he told you after year one, 
Oh no no no! So after year one of running the cafe, oh, yeah, okay. he's my husband. Yeah, we okay. we you know, Mr. Lucius. Yeah, no, not no? not at all. Oh, all right. uh, no, he's Mr. That. Myers. He's Mike Myers. His actual name is Mike right, Myers. Nice. It's hilarious. No, I kept my name the whole oh, time. Cool. And uh, and and so when we opened it a year after that of paying them the franchise fees, just like this is so dumb, so dumb. Um, you know, I shouldn't be saying that out to the world, but I do think it, it's pretty tough giving up that money. When, and they didn't give me all that much. Wayne Jordan gave me that. Yeah. Um, so, but, uh, you know, year one, Wait, I realized. I need to go deeper. Wayne Jordan wasn't the guy you were talking about earlier. Yeah. He was, he was the me- mentor that I was so talking what, about. So what did he give you? Get a, he, he just, he made me realize you can do this all on your own. Like yeah. he, he was part of the franchise. Yes. But yeah. he was like the grandfather of all of us franchisees. Yeah. And we realized, you know, we really didn't need the chain. We didn't really need their marketing and advertising. Like we all pretty much had it down. Yeah. So let's go deeper into this real quick because, sure. um, you said, I still don't know when it was that you had your idea to open your own place. How long, how long into the process was that? Really to be actually factual about that. Um, I wanted to, st- I was coming up on my 10 year lease and I wanted to stay in the, in the building. I really liked the people, blah, blah, blah. It happened to be at the time of South beach diet. So serving a bagel was uncool. Yep. Um, but in addition to that, like I had all this, you know, food experience from traveling all over yeah. the place that I really wanted to infuse in what, what we were serving. And it wasn't really, really wasn't what we were supposed to be doing. So wanted to get out of the chain. And that's when I hired my second manager. And he was like, I'm just so you know, I'm never going to learn to make bagels because we're actually changing this. Right. And it was like, good point. So, um, closed the cafe, I uh, won't go through all the legal uh, mumbo jumbo, but got rid of that. And then in five days reopened as Boheme Cafe. So you were operating under a franchisee. Mm-hmm. So you bought into the franchise. Yes. So you own yeah. franchise operation. Paid them money, like chunks of How long fees. did it take you to get to the point where you're working in this franchise so you're owning a franchise? Oh, I owned it from the beginning. As when you graduated college? No. Oh, no, I'm oh, still oh. talking going okay. back. Okay. So uh, when we were living in D.C., we decided to pay into the franchise um, to be a member of the family. Okay. 1993, 94. So you graduated think. in like around 85. So like right. eight years in. Yeah. Working in in an operation. It was it was the. Uh, I, yeah, I only worked with Wayne Jordan for a couple weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I didn't, I mean, I was a server, so I knew that thing that was in DuPont Circle. So, okay, so you were a server, and then that's when you got the idea to, to get the yeah, franchise. Sorry, okay. Yes, yeah, yeah, sorry, yes. I'm trying to get the timeline. I know. Right. And then you worked then, a few months underneath. It only took a few months with this, this mentor with, with, yeah. to realize you could do it on your own. Yep, exactly. And we were, I mean, because Michael thought I knew everything about restaurant work, my husband, yeah. they, it was like, it wasn't a question of whether it was we were doing it. And I, I'm not one who um, doesn't mind risk taking, so yeah. I just did that. So, jumped on board, moved to Baltimore, wanted to be out of DC anyway for a bunch of reasons, and was happy to to come up to a city that was a little more real, which it is. Okay, so a um, few months after uh, working for this franchise, you got to the point where you're ready for your own. Right. You went, you opened a franchise under what was the the franchise? Um, the Bagel Company again? Sorry. Chesapeake Bagel Chesapeake, Bakery. Yeah, Chesapeake yep. Bagel Bakery. Uh, how long did you have your, your restaurant under that 
franchise until you did your own thing. That was nine years. That was so, nine yeah, years. Yeah, okay. that was nine years. Okay. And I was saying, just saying after the first year, I was like, I could be out of this. I could be out of this. And okay. it took that many years of like, okay, so five, you know, five years before I switched, I was like, how do I get out of this legally Okay. to be able to, to actually do it? And then a bunch of us jump ship at the same time. So take and, us through some of the transformative. I think there's an ice cream truck rolling up on us right I know, now. Isn't that great? <laughs> I hope that doesn't stay there long. Um, so, uh, <laughs> very creepy. So from the time that you got on and you opened your own franchise unit, mm -hmm. um, what were your biggest transformative moments in that, from that time, from the time of getting into opening your own unit to breaking from the franchise? How did you grow as a person? Um, I think I was shocked at how um, broken I was by it. How are you broken? I know it's weird. Um, as a franchise, I had to, st I couldn't be as independent as I wanted to be. And, um, but I was learning like crazy. Um, through the process of it, I just, I knew, you know, like I learned how to work with people. I learned how to work with, you know, get along with customers because I had been, um, working as a calligrapher. I was, I didn't, have daily contact with people and here I was getting like 500 people past my face every day and it was like <laughs> intimidating as hell it's like so you've take me through up. that transformative moment where you weren't quite ready you, you weren't quite good with people how did you get <laughs> how did you get good how did I, you transform? yeah I, I pretty much had a conversation with I think I even called Wayne and was like you didn't tell me it'd be like this and he was like yeah but you're good at it Martha you're people get along with you so well I was like ah you're so <laughs> horrible and and but it was it was like just just do it I mean that's what yeah, my thing is like you've just got to do it <laughs> and and I I mean at the end of the day it's fun being a restaurant owner it's fun and if you don't feel that way, you should damn well get out. Mm -hmm. You really should. And you, you got to see every aspect of it as fun. Anything else that you weren't expecting going from working in a franchise to breaking off and opening your own? Um, uh, taking care of the bills was probably, even though he had talked me into that, like actually doing that and sitting down and finding time. Because, you know, it's like, it'll get done. The paperwork will get done. No, it won't. You know, my uh, my husband was like, y you got to stop. You got to stop and get this stuff done. You got to, you know, walk away from your staff. So what things did you start doing different? What habits did you create that you can share with us that we can replicate? In Ooh, our um, probably the biggest habit was saying to my manager, do you want me to tell the staff that I'm not going to be here every Monday from, you know, after two o'clock, I'm going to be gone. Or do you want to be the one who's in charge of that? And just figuring out how to um, communicate the message that I wasn't there. I wasn't available all the time. You blocked that time. Mm -hmm. I had you to took block. time and you said this time going forward is time. It's, 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 one of the most important things I do if I do anything, I need to block time out mm -hmm. monthly to make sure it gets done. And that's where that phrase that I I think I mentioned to you, you know, slow down to speed up really came into. Get intentional. Being, get intentional. In those days, I didn't know that terminology. I just had to make myself stop and like, you know, I think the first time I did it, I didn't believe I should actually be allowing myself to do this. And so I probably just like stared at the wall, you know, <laughs> like, 
oh, and the bills are still there. But it, it took a little bit of practice. And, you know, I ended up, my favorite book is the Habits book that um, Dugan wrote. That it, it's, and is it Dugan? Is that his last name? But Is it Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? No, no. no the Power of Habit? The Power of Habit. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I know the book you're talking you know about. What, yeah, yeah, the yellow cover. Powerful. Yeah. 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 It, not all of it is good, but everybody should, should, if you're a restaurant owner, you need to understand what, what habits do, um, how much they can help you. Um, and at first there's a lot of resistance. Like you got to like block, you got to like set a timer on your phone, a reminder, and you got to like put it like post-it notes all over the place until like you eventually you're like, you're, you can't do the things you want to do until these things are done first. And you get to the point over time where you, you just do it. Correct. And it, it doesn't become mental work. Like you just don't feel right until it's done. Yeah. Uh, and that's what you want. It takes a long time. So I think they say the, the, the magic number is some BS number, like 20, 22, 22, 66. Yeah. actually saying is bullshit. Tr- yeah, I'm sure. And it, it takes more time or like, like 60, yeah, like 60, more like 60. three months or something yeah, so, like longer. And actually that's a, a good transformative moment for me. When I started that process of trying to get myself to show up for myself, um, I also started yoga and okay. I started a meditation um, program, which mm. I was like, I don't know why I need to do this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a try, and it was a very odd form of um, I never see it anymore as a as a form of meditation. It's called Kundalini, and it's these weird. There's like sound meditation that's like somebody's banging. Yums or no, it's gongs that are beating in your ear till you, <laughs> like you're literally like I just want to cover my ears. I just want to cover my ears, but that's not part of the meditation. You're supposed to just take it. And, and actually that was really good because that's a lot of like when you're a restaurant person and there's stuff coming at you all the time, it's a lot like that gong moment. Um, going through that meditation, there were like, I don't know, 10 different types of meditation that he taught us during that time. Sound meditation was just one of them. And each one of them were really, really transformative for me of being able to see, just have to slow down in order to speed up. Mm. I love it. Yeah. Man, this is good stuff. So um, I kind of wanted to go deeper into this, uh, what you're talking about with creating the habit and setting time apart. But Mm -hmm. how did you... how did you get that habit form? Can you get specific yeah, about yeah, how the, to form that? It habit? actually, when I was listening to you, I was like, "This is this guy's a millennial because I didn't have phone apps telling me on timers." <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. the only timer I had was this one crazy wall that we, uh, crazy timer that we had on our wall in the kitchen that was like a, an hour timer, and you know, I'd set it. I'd be like, "You guys, I got to leave in ten minutes," and they're like, "Okay," <laughs> and they're like, "You haven't left yet." I know, but I'm going to. <laughs> um, but it, it was a lot of like literally brain training. I had I had worn a watch for years and years, and that you know it's like one of those instinctual time time things of like it's two o'clock, you must leave now. And uh, and and luckily technology did come along because like I could order from home. I mm-hmm. could order. I knew what needed to be ordered online. I could do it on the computer at home. Yeah. You know, like back in the day you had to be there, you had to be on the phone, yeah. you know, like the technology that exists for owners right now is f- fucking amazing. Yeah. And, and then that's something that I try and help my and people are shy away from it. Oh a yeah. Lot. They and assume they, and they, 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 everything is a, you know, there's someone's trying to pull the blinds over their eyes or something like that. Yeah. And you don't know how many times I work with an owner and I'm like, you should put, you should put your own orders online. And they're like, nah, nah, it doesn't just doesn't work. 
It just doesn't work for me. Because you haven't committed to learning how to do it yet. Right. And I understand, like, we can sit here and do it, like, so that you see that it's a shit ton easier than trying to do it any other way. So that, I mean, when those, when those technologies started coming, coming online for me, there's still restaurant, like there was, there's a company up in Baltimore that's a bakery company. They still don't have their system online. It's some, you know, 60 year old women in their office who are like on the phone talking. It, it's crazy. But if, if there are so many technology things available to these owners now, it's just a matter of getting their technology brain, having those things help them. Yeah. You know? And so, they're huge money savers. Can you believe we're already a half hour into this no, conversation? No, I can't. It goes by fast. This and, is um, so fun. Yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I want to talk about some of the other uh, transformative points in your life. That, so we already talked about how you started meditating and how you started uh, delegating, blocking out time to work on the most important things. What were some of the other transformative moments in your life, the things you started doing differently that helped you like get ahead? Actually, this this one I, I blame, as I say, on Luke, who is my general manager, the second general manager. Um we created two habits that were fantastic at the cafe. One was this thing called reset um, and no chaos, which was reset was at, could happen at any time of the day where things started looking chaotic or feeling chaotic. And he would just say reset and everybody knew what that was. And it was a fantastic habit forming uh, process to just get you putting your mise en place in the exact place that they were supposed to be. Stop trying to find things stop yelling over people stop reaching over stuff mental recheck too like get control of the emotion uh, I, I think i mean yes. i don't want to make assumptions but when i think of the word reset i'm thinking you're in the weeds you're letting your emotions kind of like like oh, take yeah. control of that frontal lobe where your rational mind is kind of like out the window and you're just getting angry and making stupid mistakes reset reset like where and, am i right get, what am i yeah. supposed to be doing and and we we didn't have a restaurant space like sit down so people were in your face all the time so the reset also was like look up and smile yeah <laughs> don't be fake but like look up and smile act like you're in control because you probably could be if you would just reset and like it's okay yeah so yeah, the um, thing is you don't have to be fake though i think once you, yeah. you reset like you can reset to a place of gratitude a place of oh like oh my gosh i don't have to be stressed out right now like this is my primitive mind, the emotions again, taking over. Like I can yes. choose to be in this moment and to enjoy and be grateful for my job and to, to, to just make the best of this moment right now. Absolutely. And, and we also had certain things that we maybe would that's, do. Maybe that's too woo woo for some people out there. But. But, well, I'm all about the soul stuff, the soul track. I really believe in yeah. a lot of the soul track and, and you know, it worked. I think that's partly why my staff loved me. Cause you know, it was like, she's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> she's so yogic, but you know, I traveled a lot and I had yeah. like different ideas and yeah. I would put them. The other thing that um, Luke and I really emphasized that I thought was a lot of fun is that we would have um, conversations, shocking, about topics that were not related to the fact that we didn't have chicken salad and that we needed to make a new batch of cookies. We did, you know, we talked about books. We talked about, um, it wasn't really political, although political was obviously an easy one. But it's hard not to be around this area. Well, yeah, and and up in Baltimore, but luckily Trump wasn't the president at the time. Um, <laughs> but we, we would just get on, you know, like, I'm reading this book about blah, and, and we would all go jump in and say, well, why did you say this? Or why why did you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the conversation would go off in that direction. It, it was it a was really 
you know, I talked about community earlier. That's what was, you know, obviously our customers were our community, community, our people, mm. our tribe. But really, at the end of the day, it was the those of us who were working behind the line. And you know, two o'clock would roll around, and if I was there, Luke would walk up to the the espresso machine. He's like, "Okay, everybody, we're gonna reset. Who wants an espresso drink? I'm making espresso drinks for everyone." And then a conversation was chosen, and we we had to close by like four or five o'clock. The doors closed at four, had to be gone at five. And what we had to do between two and four was just as big as what we had to do, what we called our power hour between 12 and one, where we were getting like 400, 500 people through that line. And if we hadn't had that like calming thing going on and then having a conversation to go on with the day to, to make, make you feel come, like yeah. you were human because guess what? Again, you're working more than you're at home. So yeah. let's make it enjoyable. And getting our minds thinking on something besides food was really peaceful. So I'm curious, um, you were talking about the that time from two to four was just as important as that time from like 11 to, to like one or whatever. Yeah, or whatever the power time. hours. So why, why was that time so important? What were you doing during that time? A good close is a good open. Yeah. <laughs> So, what so kind of really, truly, it was like somebody had to do the prep lists, you know, hey, Adelia, you're doing the prep list today. And, you know, we would assign different things to different people so that people wouldn't get bored and that it would, you know, you would take on a, a devotion to your job in a way of like, I need to make sure that it's done correctly because we have catering orders and we get this. So between two and four, it was, it was somebody was doing the prep list. Somebody else was gathering the catering orders that were happening the next day. Somebody else was making sure muffins were getting prepped, scones were getting prepped. Whatever needed to happen for the next day was all getting How'd organized. How'd you know? How, this is cool. I love this. Stuff. I love. Oh, yeah. I, like, I do really enjoy talking to franchise people because they have the systems, the processes, the order, the checklist. How did you keep it all organized? How did you know exactly what had to be done yeah. the next day? Like, what yeah, was that and that's. Like? I'm always amazed when I walk into a place. I'm like, let me see your prep list. And they're like, uh, well, we don't really have one. I'm like, how did you, how can you function? <laughs> that's yeah. like the definition of a people dependent operation. If you take oh my that gosh. person out, yes. and that one person calls in six, you have the flu. You have no you, idea what's going you, on. You can't leave the restaurant because they can't function without right, you. Right. Like, and how does that feel? It does not feel good at yeah. all. So we had like um, par levels that we checked every day. Um, and there were, you know, like, different people had different opinions about what the par should be, but it was pretty clean. Um, you know, because if you had catering, you knew that you needed to have more. We also got really deline we delineated to be like cheeses happen sliced on Tuesday and th Thursday and meats happen on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Cause we were producing so much. How did you track that? Um, we, what do you mean? How did we so track that? Like, was there like a, a like a, like a sheet that yeah yeah there was a sheet a yeah so we would we would fill out a sheet at night that said you know okay so we're down to one package of turkey yeah and and then based on that tomorrow based on what we what we you know the base that we need to have is three packets yeah um, or four packets I would love to get some like templates like uh, some checklist yeah, templates I, I have those yeah maybe yes, we can I host do. some in the show notes if you're yeah interested yeah yeah in yeah like that. yeah uh, or at least a link to them or something like that. 
Oh Love man, that. time is going by fast. I We're know, almost there's at so 40 much minutes. detail and fun. Yeah. Um, I do want to touch on uh, why you decided to start your own franchise, right? Yeah. After getting out of the franchise, you decided oh, to- I didn't didn't no? want it to be a franchise. I just oh, the, wanted the to- The building bake. was itself originally the franchise and you became not a franchise. Right, and stayed in the building. Yeah, I was lucky that my um, uh, landlord was, he loved us yeah. on its on our own. So he was like, yeah, if you want to stay, stay. I don't care if the franchise is part of it or not, as long as you continue serving. So the serving. lease was done with the franchise and you um, basically said, I don't want to continue this yeah. anymore. And then yeah. you bought kinda, the location. Uh, yeah, it was kind of awkward to be going to the landlord and saying, so we want to keep the location, but we don't want to be calling ourselves that anymore. And, you know, I was gutsy enough that I didn't even really think too hard about it. I just did it. Yeah. And then afterwards I was like, wait, wait a minute. That's kind of crazy that he let us do that. Yeah. Um, there wasn't anything in the agreement that I, there was, um, was it because he just liked you or whatever. He did. Yeah. He did. And he knew we were going to run a good operation yeah. no matter what. And but I think ultimately that's what the job of a owner is, is to develop future owners. You mean the, the owner of the building or the owner uh, the, the the original mentor you had is that what yeah. you're talking about? Oh no no no! I'm no. talking about I'm talking about the owner oh, of okay, the okay. building. Sorry. Okay. So the the guy Leibowitz that was our landlord at the time, he just was like, yeah, sure. If oh, but to get out of the franchise, yeah, that wasn't Wayne Jordan. That was a, a conglomeration of yeah. it was a business. It's now Einstein's. It was taken over by okay. Einstein's. They were trying to get us to force feed us to e use their bagels. And we had all the equipment to make bagels from scratch. And we're like, no, we're going to draw a suit against you guys. Cause that's not what we do. So we, we did. And then in the meantime, we all, all of us franchisees, you know, did our little pivot to be like, I'm getting out or yeah. I'm staying in, but I'm going to do this. And mine was, I'm staying in and I'm going to switch what I'm doing. So why, why switch? What was it exactly that made you want to do your own? I wanted, thing? I wanted to make like cool food from wherever I lived. I didn't have enough nerve to do a South Indian cafe down in the inner Harbor of Baltimore. Yeah. Um, I think that would have been a tough sell, Yeah. but I did. I was very farm to table. I was really close with this farmer. That's really well known in Baltimore called one straw farm. Um, that Plug. I, yeah, Joan, <laughs> woman owner, she's amazing. Um, and she was running an organic farm and it was, it was pre farm to table. So me doing this was like so revolutionary that people were like, we don't trust this. Yeah. You want to feed us real food. <laughs> um, so that took a, took a moment and then we just had to pull back on that, but we still used a lot of fresh ingredients and local ingredients was our big thing. Okay. And then, you know, I wasn't serving up carbohydrates live the way I was and I could meet my customers because I had time and I could laugh and giggle with my staff because I had time. I wasn't like, I got to make 50 more, another 50 pound batch of bagels. Don't talk to me. You know, that was that two to two to four o'clock thing. Yeah. It's like you were just rushing through whatever shit you had to get done. But I feel like talking. if you create that structure and you give people, you take you, if you remove the guessing work yeah. and you just have to go through the motions, eventually a lot of that guessing work, that frustration of, am I doing this right? Like, is, is, are we missing anything? If yeah. you have it all laid out and you know exactly what yeah. you're doing, you can then get to the point where it is all muscle memory. And then you can remove the part of your mind that uh, can be used for like trying to figure out if you're doing it right to redirect that towards having a friggin' awesome conversation and yes. enjoying yourself at yes, work. Yes, exactly. And knowing that, you know, I, I can relax between 11 and one and just enjoy my customers because yeah. that's what we're supposed to do between 11 and yeah. one. And yeah. don't think about, did we slice the prosciutto? 
Yeah. It was done <laughs> Look, because I, I it was it. on the sheet. Yeah, exactly. You know? There's a blank And this, you know, that's there. something that when I work with, with owners now, I help them figure out like, okay, it's 8 a.m. What should be happening at 8 a.m.? It's 10 a.m. What should be happening at 10 a.m.? And I know the answers because I see their operation and I know either that it's working well or it's not working well and could just go in there and like zero in on that. I'm like, maybe you should be X. And they're like, Oh, I didn't know we could do that at that time. Well, sure. <laughs> Why not? Um, and, you know, like paper products that we did for our catering, we always did it the day before. Why would you do it at 10 a.m.? Because you're making sandwiches at 10 a.m. If you get an extra catering order, you can't do paper and the extra catering order, period, yeah. the end. So, you know, just be thinking smart okay. and, and having having a team that was like, on it like they yeah. knew they the, knew what there's to do one more uh topic i want to go dive into before i give you free range and kind of just drop some bombs on us uh <laughs> you, you mentioned early on that you had this culture that you created where like people weren't leaving that you had this incredible retention i think we identified some of the things that helped you create that culture like creating the systems the processes the procedures yes painting that picture of perfection so people could uh feel like they're doing the job right uh just the, the, the conversation that you would create just in caring about each other. Yeah. Uh, what were some of the other things that you think that you did that most places don't do? To yeah, that culture? actually, I'm glad you asked that question that way, because I, I meant to say this earlier that um, a lot of people that come into the service industry are sort of post high school or post school. Yeah. And they're used to being graded and they enter work and nobody ever tells them anything. Mm. Um, and kind of had my come to Jesus moment with that when I was like, you know, Luke's like, we should, we should really get reviews happening. And I was like, oh, I've been doing reviews all along. He's like, and what do they look like? So we looked over what I had been doing. He was like, and then how about this? Yeah. And it was like this two page, like marking people down from one to 10 on, you know, on a scale of like yep. how well you're doing. And they were, and it was detailed. And at first I was really intimidated. I was like, people are going to hate you for doing this. Like it's such a jerk kind of move. And he was like, Mm, not really, because I'm being very specific about, you know, here you are, you want to get paid more. This is what you need to do to get there. Yeah. And now they have a goal that then they feel like they're growing. And and they, you know, they want to. Yeah. And because they're, they're used to receiving grades telling them how they're doing. And all of a sudden there's this void of like, is she happy with my work? Does Luke like what I'm doing? And, and they can like walk over and it sounds like super weird to say, am I doing my job well? super weird yeah. so so we would set it up as a time thing like you had a one-month review that was like after I trained you and then another a three-month review and these are things that I now create for my, for my you know you asked me earlier is like what it would have what am I doing it's I'm creating systems that worked really well for me it's not rocket science and I don't need to charge you a whole lot to show you what these templates are. I can give you the template. Yep. And uh, that's been really, that's been so helpful to a lot. Like a month ago, one of my former employees who was like high school dropout, had a baby, was working for us. And we gave her, she, she was trying super hard. Um, we gave her one of those reviews. She saved it, hello, and posted it on Facebook because it was like this glowing review and she was still proud of it. Like, 
10 years later. Yeah, but it's also you're creating that culture of growth, that right. culture of you're not going to plateau. Like here's where you can be. Right. And let's get you there. Yeah. And we'll reward you when you do. Right. And just the recognition that you are growing. Yes. You know, and this is where you were and this is where you are, are now. now. Yeah. That is so powerful. That's one of those hierarchy of needs are that sense of growth. It's right. there just before self-actualization, but you got to, you know, you got to help guide and, people towards and, that. And you know, who am I to say that you can't be better than you are today. You know, like if if I set you up as as a good in my in my culture of my business, if I set you up to show yourself well to the next employer, isn't that what my job is as an owner too? Yep. And I, I really do. Like one of my friends um, who has a, like an engineering company, that was one of his things. It's like if uh, my job is to keep you employed, and one of those things is to make sure that you're employed. And that you're going on to something better than where yeah. you are, and I, I was like, that is genius. You know, of course you want, you know, this John Doe, whoever on my staff, Kamal or whatever, wants to go on to something much better. When how can goes, I help you get there? Exactly. And how can I get you? And and like whether this it's gal my, access is, my network or yeah, my knowledge or yeah. Whatever. And this gal's got a great job working in the school st system. She's a she's an aide um, for kids with special needs. Like who knew she would? You know, it's it's that men that mentality uh, of how can I get you to go on and do better things. Uh, but when you have that mentality and that's what you're trying to do, and then you create the opportunity when you see something in somebody and go, this person loves what they're doing. They're good at what they're doing. They're going to be successful. Why not help them become successful and why not invest in their success? Yes. Why not make them a partner? Why not grow with uh -huh. them? You know, like, and it's those people who see it like that and don't, don't have to have all the the accolades, all the attention. And yep. And and I would also say the other thing. This is going to sound kind of woo woo because that's kind of who I am. Is I'm very much into horoscopes. Woo me, sister. And then, okay. Woo me. So every 28 years in your when you have a, a horoscope, 20 it takes you one cycle. One cycle takes 28 years, and in your cycle, you're only so good at any certain things and you're kind of bad at other ones. So on this point of like encouraging the good things about somebody in their job is that's what I wanted to zero in on when I was working with them and reviewing them and Luke was reviewing them is what, what are you good at? What could you be better at? Not, God, you're so bad at prep. Yeah that I'm stupid enough as to an owner to keep you there. <laughs> yeah. Let me put you somewhere where you are happier. Be, yeah, people right. aren't supposed to be good at everything. We're good at a few things and it's your job to recognize the strength. Right, right. And you know, I like to have people move within this, yeah. the and system. It so it you, it but well, and it keeps people fresh and it keeps people appreciating that person who's doing the slicing all yeah. day long. But it, on the other hand, it's like great when you can see somebody's strengths help them recognize their strengths so that when they go on to another job, they're like looking for a job that's going to make them yeah. happy. Too. And that's the thing too. We don't, I don't think we recognize our own strengths. I don't, I think I have this theory on passion and I don't think you find your passion. I think your passion is given to you and people recognize that you're good. Oh, at something. that's good. And it's that reinforcement of I'm good at this. And then I think it's that acknowledgement of being good at something. That's really what you're passionate about is that, that sense of belonging, that sense of like, I got something that connect is of value to other people and that I get recognized for and I'm good at it. And it's that set. That's that reward, that cookie of the acknowledgement that is in but the, to come full circle. We need to help people find their passion. Like we need yes. to identify what they're good at. Cause you don't know for you, it's relative that you're just doing the thing, right? You don't know 
what that feels like for somebody else to do. Like you don't know that you're good at it unless you see yourself, you know, leaving people in your, like in your dust. But if you can shine light on it, why not? Right. Why not bring and it acknowledge to the that yeah. that skill yeah. that's coming up? Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think I think it's very hard for people to just come up with the idea of like, what's my passion in life? I, I, I agree with you. It was like, it's really, okay. it, it's a lot of skills. This is a great involved. conversation. I'm, do, I'm trying to do really good to keep these things okay, like under okay. an hour and a half. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Free range sister, go wild, get out there. Uh, oh, anything that you want to talk about, bring to the table right now that we haven't discussed before we, we wrap up. And speak um, no, I mean, you've hit on a lot of things. Um, what I'm doing now, I'm really passionate about. I really, that's the only thing we haven't talked about is yeah. what I'm doing now. So, um, helping owners and, and on different levels, I'll help them either with a strategy call. It's pretty cheap. Um, if somebody wants me on site, I'll do that. But I, teach a lot of the same things. And I, a lot of times I find if I do a strategy call with you, I, I know the businesses well enough, all the range from a restaurant, fine dining, cafe, brewery ha have worked with all of these separately and on site. So I have a very good sense of numbers, benchmarks and all yeah. that stuff that I can help them with and then give them the tools and templates. I mean, that's one of the guys that I'm working with right now. He was like, I used to have a consultant and now I realize that this is the kind of consultant I needed. Somebody who's gonna guide me and then keep me on track. Yeah, so we're gonna give you a time at the end to leave your contact sure. information. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but can you give me an example of uh, something that you see time and time again? When you, when you have people coming mm. to you for help. <laughs> that's so uh, hard because there's just, so many. Yeah. Like um, what's one thing that like one last nugget you can drop on us before going to the speaker? Yeah, I think like, probably the one that I'm so focused on right now is because I'm, I'm about to put this onboarding course on online is that, um, that when somebody, uh, when a owner hires new people, they don't have a system in place for how that goes. And I like to see a five day training program that everybody gets so that everybody knows when we're going to get paid, um, when lunch hour is permitted, what's permitted by, you know, all these things that when you, a, a lot of servers or a lot of restaurant people come on, it's like, you're supposed to figure it out. Why is that? You know, and, and I just want it to be clear. Um, again, it's part of their success. It's like, if we all know this bit of information all at once, this, this is the mission, this is the vision for this business, as well as where do I put my handbag or where do, you know, where do I catch lunch? What's permitted for lunch? And there's a family meal, no. You know, like all that stuff, if you put that down on paper and work the staff through that, and then, you know, onboarding's that training, but it's also making sure that you do a job review and that that actually happens. You know, that's what I hear from so many. Well, we want to do job reviews, but we just can't seem to get it done. It's like, no, not an option. You, you block the, out the time, just yeah. like the time to pay oh, the bills. Oh my God. And again, this is like, you've got calendars, Google calendars. And you know, what I encourage when I start with a client is make sure you have a Google, uh, Google folders and Google calendars that your staff have access to so that there's an openness there for all information and it's super helpful i mean this these tools exist i mean that's my big tool like i'm so impressed by what what google has given yeah. people that a team at a restaurant doesn't have to pay for a thing that they can have all this great yeah. information awesome all right we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right all righty 
To be unstoppable, most restaurants require a little extra capital from time to time. It happens, right? Uh, when you need funding to like renovate or buy equipment or manage cash flow, you don't have time to just track down financial statements or wait weeks for a decision. And that is where Cabbage can help. Cabbage gives small businesses access to a line of credit of up to $150,000. And if you apply online, you'll get a decision right away, which is pretty awesome. Since Cabbage is a line of credit, you can take the exact amount you need. You'll never have to reapply to take out additional loans, and you only pay for the funds you use. Yeah, you're impressed, and I haven't even gotten to the impressive part. Cabbage has helped more than 130,000 businesses from every industry with over $4 billion in funding. Like, awesome. Cabbage is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and was named a Forbes Top 100 company not once, but twice. Check out Cabbage at Cabbage with a K dot com slash restaurant unstoppable and you'll get a $50 gift card when you qualify. That's Cabbage, K-A-B-B-A-G-E dot com slash restaurant unstoppable. Line of credit is subject to credit approval. See terms and conditions. All Cabbage business loans are issued by Celtic Bank, a Utah chartered industrial bank member, FDIC. Everyone loves processing invoice after invoice. It's the best. (laughs) Not really. Just the sight of a filing cabinet is enough to make you sick, right? It doesn't have to be that way. With Sorcery, there's no more manually processing invoices by hand and no more cutting check after check. With Sorcery, you can organize all of your accounts digitally, scan your invoices, and pay your vendors with just one click. It is easy. Sorcery offers fully managed accounts and statements reconciliation, so you no longer spend hours on the phone with your vendors and banks that stinks. You now have the peace of mind knowing your accounts are being taken care of, and you can get back to work doing what you love, running unstoppable restaurants. Go to GetSorcery.com, that's G-E-T-S-O-U-R-C-E-R-Y.com, or call one 800 Six six eight three zero zero six nine one. Mention Restaurant Unstoppable and receive ten percent off your first three months. And say goodbye to your old filing cabinet and hello to the digital world with Sorcery AP automation. Recording again. Okay. We're back, and the first question I have for you is: What is your it factor? A habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? Honestly, it's what I said earlier slow down to speed up Mm. more you can get in the habit of just slowing down figure out what you want it's strategy right like that's my that's my tagline is that i'm a restaurant strategist Mm. slow down figure out what you need to do and then you can get there what is your biggest weakness my biggest weakness is getting too excited about what i'm doing and going off track (laughs) how do you combat that Uh, That's why I built these online programs, because I know what they need to know. And then if we want to go dancing off in different directions with with a client, like when they're talking to me, they can return to point A, which is they've got all the tools that they need. Got it. Uh, What is one question you ask or thing you look for during the interview process? During the interview of Hume. When you're building your team, uh, is there a question you ask or thing you look for? To kind of get um, at the core of these people. I I really get into oh yeah, there's so many things, but really I get into what was your favorite job, what why did you like it, 
and who is your boss. Okay. And then when they have to explain that, it gets a really good sense of what their values are, which is a big part stuff we haven't even gotten into, but um, family values at a business are incredibly important. Wonderful. Yeah. What is your biggest challenge today? Or maybe a better way to ask this question is what do you see the biggest challenge being with most of your clients? Um, I feel like hiring is still and forever their biggest stumbling block. And I I think that's unfair because there's some incredible talent out there. There is. And I do empathize with people in the industry right now because I think that there's just as many people as there were before to hire. Cause a lot of people say there's just not nobody out there right now. I think the problem is a super surplus amount of restaurants out there. Yeah. And it's the same hiring yeah. pool, but there's way too many restaurants. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's big and real in Baltimore that we finally hit a stride with our restaurants and our food scene in Baltimore and that people are getting pulled and you know, if somebody looks at another opportunity, they jump and then somebody who's been good at that place is gone. Yeah. Um, and you know, there, there's always that turnover, um, and certain restaurants, like one of the guys that I'm working with right now, he just has, he's an incredibly awesome guy. I don't know why he's having trouble keeping that, but I think he's just not hiring correctly. He's not asking the right questions that lead to the, you know, having the right value staff from the beginning, which if you ask the right questions, you can get the, you can discover that the person that you're interviewing has the same values as you or not, and you hire the yeah. one that is. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, share one code of conduct or behavior you taught your team. This was like a core value, a way to be. Um, intellectually curious, which is why we had that afternoon conversation is to talk about. So was that an actual core value you had that you had yeah. the intellectual? And I love that you, not only do you say, oh, this is one of our core values because I think this is cool. We're going to put it on a piece of paper and forget about it someplace. You worked we it into worked it your in. system. Yeah, the, and I guess the other one that I would say another core value was I kept a, a code of et- etiquette on the wall in the front. There was a code of etiquette on the front of the house and there was a code of etiquette in the back of the house. Is that different from your core values? Um. Was it? No, did, okay. not just really. This yeah. A cool. yeah, we just gave it a different name. I dig it. Um, share one code. Uh, just ask this. What's one uncommon standard of service you taught your team? Uh, this is something that was standard within your four walls, but not standard within the industry. Um, it was my version, I think. Um, I, I'm a diplomat's kid, so being polite and being very positive at all times was something that wasn't common um, as a staff member would come in, but that was uh, something that was incredibly, that was essential to working at my places. Like you had to be tuned in, you had to be smiling, we walked in the door at the beginning of the, and we, we used to joke, was like, okay, the red carpet's coming out for, and whoever's <laughs> walking in the door, and they're like, hey, how's it going? And it's like, it wasn't really an option to have yeah. a bad day. Like, but you, you know, can walk in and stormy, stormy head brain. And you know, you, you said something that was really important there, like polite and positive, I think were the words that came yeah. out of your mouth. Uh, I don't know if I'm just filling that in, if I, if I am no, filling that's, these That's what you said. Yeah. Uh, and think about how often um, you just hear negative things from people working. Like I, I pick, I'm so sensitive to it. If I'm, oh, if I'm sitting gosh, like in a cafe, yeah. like working and I just hear people like just being negative. <laughs> you and me, man. And I'm just like, why oh, are you talking about that stop. right now? Like stop talking about that. Like yep. you're bringing me down. Like, you, you know, and, and they'll just, they'll bad mouth each other yeah. in yeah. front of like, it's like, what in front of, yeah. Like, 
Yeah, the, and, uh, and even when you walk up to the counter, if they're doing that, like, oh, God, I just got to turn around and leave because there's going to be nothing good about this. Yeah. But, yeah, that was super important. I mean, the the whole point of why we're there yeah. was because of the People customer that escape. was coming in. People want to go someplace. Oh, my gosh, yes. To get, a rid, get away from and, all that And stuff. we had, you know, a business crowd, so they were going to – they were literally, you know – going to work it's monday shoot i don't want to go to work <laughs> and they would stop by and see us on the way in they're like this is my favorite part of the day and i was like i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> i didn't say that but you know it was like they did have a great positive you know and they're like what are you making for soup today what kind of chili is gonna happen you know and it was like they they were engaging with us in a, in a way that was really happy and joyful and nice everybody had to do that and i think they they le- they left the staff left with that of like it's great to have a good day share one book that will make us a better person or a restaurant operator Ooh, can i do one of each yeah okay um habits the is the book that i mentioned yeah, earlier seven, i love it or sorry the, uh, the, the power, power of, of habit. habit yep um and then you know I, I hate to say it, but Danny Meyer. I mean, yeah. I, I uh, have been close with his uh, CFO, uh, CCO, culture, Chief Cultural Officer, yeah. um, Aaron Moran, and there she's incredible. You're not going to happen to call her out at the end of the show by any chance, are you? Because uh-huh. I would be interested in that interview. Oh, oh, yeah, she's awesome. I'd be happy to put you in touch with her. She's great. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Um, <laughs> share an online resource or tool that you recommend to your client or that you use personally? Oh, God. I mean, QuickBooks is really the one that I'm always, I literally am trying really hard. That one um, and uh, Homebase. I love Homebase. Mm-hmm. It's a so these very are like good web-based app. technologies that you can imp- implement within your you business. Meant? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the next question is kind of similar. Um, what's one piece of technology you've adopted in your restaurant and how has it influenced operations? Is that what you're thinking with those two? Um Honestly, for that, I would say, and of course, I don't have my own restaurant. I wish I did, but it wouldn't be the big uglies. But um, Shopkeep, I love. Um, yep. And uh, and like I said, uh, being able to tra- track your staff, home base is great. Yeah, so that was home base, Shopkeep, QuickBooks. Yep. So what is, share one online resource, I guess, or tool, um, maybe a, a blog or a place you go to get knowledge or, oh. I, I'm trying to figure out how to, maybe I'll just drop this question because I feel like there's some confusion there. Um, is there like a, a, a go-to place go-to you go to? Go-to place like, that I go to get creative. I mean, that's, that's sort of where I go off as an artist and go dancing into calligraphy and yeah. get an outlet. I mean, that's, I think that might be an interesting question. Yeah, what what, gotta, is, what is the one thing that takes you out of your restaurant world and into another place? Because that, I mean, that's what I used to do is like yoga, do online yoga. Nice. And and then, you know, calligraphy. Okay. Connect with my calligraphy community. Word. I dig it. I'll, and knitting. I'll take it. I'm a knitter. This is the last one. You ready yeah, for it? Ready. If you got the news, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. I feel like that's a little gruesome sometimes, but it it delivers, it delivers the point. You'd be leaving (laughs) this world tomorrow. All the memories of you, your work and your restaurants would be lost with your departure with the exception of three pieces of wisdom you could leave behind for the good of humanity. What would those three pieces of of advice be? Um, get rid of chaos. Reset. 
and slow down to speed up. I, I mean, I said them before, but I'm going to keep no, with them because like they, the they're real. I like the theme. Yeah. So you have been incredible, Martha. Oh, thanks. Uh, thank so you fun so to be with you finally. Thank you. I appreciate like that. Like my little dream to too. get to talk to you. <laughs> uh, we wrap up every conversation by calling somebody out. So who's one independent restaurant owner or operator or somebody like the likes of a culture expert uh, that you might have just quickly mentioned before or somebody, multiple people, if there's multiple names that are coming to mind that you can get on the show for me to, to allow me to make an example of this person as a guest mentor like you've done for us. Oh, um, I put out uh, Marissa Dobson, who's a NPR and awesome human being um, as a restaurateur. Um, he'd be hard to get, but Doug, who um, is the executive chef at Gertrude's, is um, uh, Chesapeake Cuisine in Baltimore. It's about to celebrate its 20th anniversary. Nice. And he's amazing. Beautiful. Doug, Melissa, look out. I'm coming after yeah, you. Yeah. Now let the folks at home know if you want to connect with you, maybe check out some of your courses, yes. uh, maybe talk to you. Yeah. What's the best way to connect? Um, uh, email, certainly. My phone number's there. I don't I don't mind. However people feel. What's your email? Martha at MarthaLucius.com. All right. Do you want to give your phone number right now, too? Yeah. Go four, for it. 410-963-6431. Open the floodgates. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, <wish. laughs> I so, like doing what I'm doing, so I do hope I hear from people. Awesome. You have been a lot of fun. Again, thank you so much. There yeah. is no questioning, Martha. You are Aww. unstoppable. Oh, thank you so much. You're amazing, too. Thank you. Well, there is another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Again, a special thank you to the team over at Venga uh, for letting me use their office space while I'm in town to record some of these interviews. And uh, you guys can check them out at GetVenga, V-E-N-G-A.com. Uh, great tool for data collection and other resources there. So uh, today's conversation, man, wow. Uh, Martha Lucius, what <laughs> Man, what an awesome chick. Uh, just had so much fun speaking with you, and we're, are, we're so aligned on so many things. But the, the biggest takeaways for me in today's conversation, uh, first and foremost, is that go slow to speed up. It came up a few times on the show. I love it. You know, Take a few steps back. Uh, assess the situation. Be proactive, not reactive. Don't be constantly reacting to the world. Act on the world. And sometimes you need to slow down to really take it in to assess and to, to really live intentionally. Uh, then the second big takeaway for me, blocking out your time. Uh, and it sounds like that's when things really started to change for Martha is when she really just said, Hey, I, I need to make time to pay these bills. This needs to happen or the doors will close. So what can I do to make sure this happens? I'm going to block out a time two o'clock every, I don't know if it was every day or once a week or once a month or whenever it was, but block out the time for the things that are, the, are most important. Uh, and just keep on repeating that the start identifying the most important things and then block out time. And over time, you start creating these habits of you don't have to think about it. You just know what time it is, what day it is, and it's time to do this thing. And once those habits are formed, it's so much easier. Uh, again, it kind of goes into that, you know, go slow to speed up, take a step back, assess the situation. And then the last big one, I think that that doesn't come up a lot on the show, but regarding the culture and how they have this incredible culture by, you know, working in those core values. Like she said, that they have a core value of always intellectually growing, but making it a point to, to live those core values. And then also the grading system. Uh, they do reviews uh, after one month 
uh, in that every three months after that of where you are now and where you need to be uh, and grading them and really breaking it down and getting specific. But here's the thing. Um, it's, this isn't meant to be a negative thing. It's meant to be a positive thing. It's meant to, to celebrate their growth and to, to paint that picture for them, to let them know where they are and where they could be. And, and it, at the end of the day, we're here to help these people grow, to get them to the next level. And like she said, you're also starting to document and track their strengths and weaknesses. It's your job to put people like on the right seat in the bus. What's that quote from... Um, uh, the, the, the school, the, the great game of business, you know, you get people on your bus and then you got to put them in the right seat. This is one way to identify those seats. So uh, great stuff today. Uh, awesome. All right, guys, you know the routine. Like always, please do reach out to me, Eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. Tell me what your challenges are. Tell me who you want to hear from. I'll get an expert on the show and make some recommendations. Uh, currently in DC, uh, by the time you listen to this, it'll be uh, Friday, the, I believe, uh, almost... July, Friday the 29th, um, but I'll be making my way into Richmond, hopefully uh, in Charlottesville. So if you're listening to this uh, and you're in those areas and you want to connect, maybe you have a place I can park my car so I don't get in trouble with the cops if they find me sleeping someplace I'm not supposed to, let me know. Uh, I I need a place to crash out there. Uh, Keep those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio coming. They help so much. But the best way to support this podcast in this mission of inspiring, empowering, and transforming our industry is by sharing it. If you know of anybody out there who's aspiring to be great, who's looking to do incredible things, well, you're the average of those you surround yourself with. And if you listen to this podcast and the mentors I get on the show, you will become the average of those folks. So, uh, you know, get the word out there. Help spread this good mojo, this good muju or whatever it's called. And let's uh, let's spread this positivity. Let's spread the knowledge. Let's, let's let's change this industry. Let's let's do this together. All right, guys, that's all for today. Uh, I love you all so much. Thanks for sticking around this long. Until next time. Peace out.